Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper on AFR Talk. When you read in the Bible, Old and New Testament, one of the most amazing things are the people God uses. I'm, uh, I'm constantly amazed and then pastoring for several years and seeing what God would do in people's lives, especially when it came to missions. And he would take these individuals and he would use them for his glory and their lives would change. And we're praying that would happen to you as you listen to Exploring Missions because we really know and believe that every believer should be on mission for God. And so that's what this program is about. Uh, this is Bert Harper, along with my co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan? Hello. It's good to be with you again. Great to be with you. And uh, we, we come together, and we share these times, and uh, we have different times that we interview individuals, and then we also do Bible study here on Exploring Missions, about missions. But today, we're, we have a good interview. Uh, it's Randall Murphy. Randall's been on before, as we talked about uh, the Emmaus walk and walk to Emmaus and Randall. I remember that, and it was a really well presented program, and we had some great comments about that, I brother. I appreciate that, Mark. And because of that, we're having you back. Thank you. You know, I'm a writer and not a talker. I know. But, but this opportunity, I just couldn't pass up. Well, we appreciate it. Being the writer, I, I did this. You've been with AFA since 1983. Okay. That's right. Uh, how many years is that? I have to. I'd have to. It's going on thirty-four. Thirty-four yeah. years. Amen. And you were an English teacher. Yes. And you saw an advertisement about the possibility of an editor for AFA. You have done your homework. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I was receiving uh, Brother Don Wyman's little newsletter at the time, and and that's where he was advertising for an editor. And you were over in Alabama, as happy as you could be. And God moved you to the mission field in Mississippi? That's it. (laughs) You hit the nail on the head. Uh, Well, Randall, uh, let me just share, Randall's been a friend of mine for these many years as he moved to Tupelo, and I would come to Tupelo as pastor in 83 of a church, and we arrived close to the same time. I came back to Tupelo. He arrived the first time. But the editor of the AFA Journal, AFA Journal, that is the uh, keystone, the foundation of AFA's communication. It has been uh, for all these years. Yes, when, when Brother Don started in 1977, of course, that's that was about the only way to communicate uh, with, with people and, you know, to t- uh, try to generate uh, an audience and, and get people involved in the issues that he was so concerned about at the time. And uh, he, he did a great job, but it expanded, and you came on, and you've been a faithful editor and got— some great, great writers over there. Oh, I do. I've got a staff that's just uh, unbelievable sometimes. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm truly blessed with what the Lord's uh, put in my corner of AFA. Well, people who write amaze me. I can talk, 
but put a pen or get me in front of a keyboard and it's like something shuts down. I've talked to you about it between my head and my brain, and uh, I admire writers, and I, I say that as honestly as I can. Nathan, uh, he writes, uh, you know, he got his mother's ability, not mine. He he can write, but I, I appreciate that. Well, let's let's talk about it. Nathan, uh, Randall got to go on a, uh, a mission trip. How long ago was that, by the way? And we'll, uh, we'll fill in the early, details. Early February, February 2nd to 6th. Okay. And it's connected with Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is a, a ministry that ministers to people all over the world. And we know it is crisis, mostly a flood or earthquake, and they come in. But you're just talking about they have community development as well. Right. There's really when you talk about um, different types of, of missions, um, you have you know a couple of different uh, areas where the church Christians are involved. One is crisis relief. Uh, things such you mentioned our earthquake or something uh, desperate and immediate where people need that immediate relief and 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 care um, and we know Samaritan's Purse does a great job coming in there but there's also another branch um, you would refer to it more as a long term uh, community development where the the crisis may be abated at, at a point and then you come in with development um, and the church is also involved in that mission workers. Uh, Christians all around the world doing both crisis relief, community development, and God is is using both of those in uh, in great ways. And we see Samaritan's Purse, you know, doing doing both really well. And they're connected with the church, local churches all the way. Uh, that's that's awesome. Then what we want a uh, uh, part of Samaritan's Purse is Operation Christmas Child, and I I would say that has become the most uh, interdenominational ministry for the gospel that I know anything about, guys. Randall, I, you know, for the last five and a half years since I've been here with AFA and AFR, Jan and I, my wife, we've gone into many different denominations, and we haven't gone into one that doesn't operate, doesn't do Operation Christmas right. Child yet. Yeah, and, I think you're right in terms of just how how broadly that has touched the body of Christ to get get people involved in a, a personal way with the little touch of missions. Now, I know we're taping this. We don't know exactly when it will be played, but we're taping this the 1st of March. You, you've been on your trip about a month ago, and we want it to be halfway fresh because it, it, it you remember more details uh, the closer it is, especially when you get mine in Randall's age, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I've hit that part, too. <laughs> <laughs> so Operation Christmas Child is a part of Samaritan's Purse, and it was started several years ago. Franklin Graham, this person had the idea. I heard Franklin tell about it. I'm not going to go into detail, but it was amazing. Just this person, they wanted help getting some boxes to a, to a foreign country and they asked Franklin would help, and off the cuff, he said yes. So later on, they call up and said, we've got these boxes. How can we do it? And through Samaritan's Purse, they were able to do that. That was the first year, and now it has exploded to millions and millions, and we praise God for that. Absolutely. So Operation Christmas Child, we do it before Christmas here in the United States, and churches collect boxes filled with uh, gifts. I'm going to use it with that. For boys and girls, you market boys and girls, they take it to a collection center, and then those collection centers takes it over to what I'd call the distribution points, 
I know some are in Boone. It used to be all in Boone, but now it's gotten so big it's got to be in different places. It's regionalized, I believe. Yeah, now. it's yes. regionalized, and and they go through those boxes to make sure everything is secure, but they also add the gospel track, right, guys? And, yes. And, and so you were involved in taking these boxes with a gospel track in it to a country in South America. Uh, yes, I had the opportunity to go with Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, to uh, Ibarra, Ecuador, uh, the, the first week in March, uh, no, first week in February. And the, uh, the the blessing that I received was, you know, this thing turned out to be very much what I anticipated, but uh, Nathan and Bert, both of you know that hearing about something and believing in it and seeing video of it and talking to people who have gone there, it's still not the same when you go yourself and you touch it and you taste it and you you feel it and you participate in it. It was such a blessing. We got to go to uh, uh, a city about two hours north of uh, Quito, the, the capital of Ecuador. And we uh, there were a total of 75 people in the group, but we were divided into five small teams, and each of the smaller teams went to five different events during that uh, during the three days that we were on the ground there. So Abara is that is that how you pronounce the the city? That's how I pronounce it. Okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, yes, about 140,000 people. A lot of. Uh, of uh, Indian influence, a lot of Indian uh, tribal influence in in that city and in that general region. So uh, that's been one of the challenges for the church there and for Operation Christmas Child as well. Uh, but I, you know, it we we passed out uh, for about four thousand boxes to four thousand kids in those three days. But when I look at that and I look at other numbers, I realize what a drop in the bucket that was. It felt big to me mm-hmm. just to be a little part of it. But since uh, since Operation Christmas Child became a part of Samaritan's Purse in 1993, they have distributed more than 135 million uh, shoebox gifts to kids in 150 countries. That averages about 5.4 million a year. But now this year, uh, they expect to distribute more than 12 million shoebox gifts to kids around the world in more than 100 countries. Uh, it's just grown phenomenally, Bert, which goes goes back to your your point about it's just it's been a, a, a bridge that God has used just to reach across denominational lines and just something that that uh, stirs people's hearts to be be able to be a little part of it and pack a shoebox. And really, AFA and AFR works well with Operation Christmas Child because of part of our uh, mission statement is to aid the church in carrying out the Great Commission at home and abroad. And that's exactly what we're doing. And the other thing we try to do, we try to build unity among denominations where we can agree on Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life, and the Bible is is the authoritative word of God. Uh, people may baptize differently. They may have a different opinion on Calvinism and Arminianism. They may have different, you know, about the Holy Spirit's gifts. But in the long run, Randall, those things really will not matter 
in eternity. You catch? True. So, so what Operation Christmas Child does and what AFR is trying to do is trying to say, guys, we got to concentrate on the vital thing, and it's Jesus Christ. And I'm passionate about that. You just, it's all around him. And that's what makes Operation Christmas Child so effective, as I understand it. Oh, oh it is. And, Bert, what, uh, what happens with Operation Christmas Child is that the focus is on the gospel. And this is one of the things I've grown to appreciate about Samaritan's Purse for, for decades now as I've become more and more familiar with them. Everything is focused on the gospel. And with uh, Operation Christmas Child, one of the things that really impresses me is how the, uh, they are determined to give the local pastor and the local church the spotlight. I mean, we, we went in to participate in handing out boxes, but you go to each event and there's, um, there's a, a local program being prepared because the kids are all excited and they kind of know what's going to happen. But uh, we, we went to uh, – I was in the team, on the team that got to go to the, the largest distribution that we had there. It was, uh, we had about 500 kids. This was in a public school. And they had prepared a program, a little dance troops. Two, I think two different groups did, did uh, uh, dance routines. Uh, there was one group of young students who sang to us as their guests. And they honored us as guests. But Samaritan's Purse was never on the platform, never on the stage. They did a skit that presented the gospel the pastor or someone he de- he designated presented the gospel very directly, and then they let us help hand out the boxes. But but the the kids and the the families who get to participate in that see that pastor and that church in their neighborhood as as the ones who are uh, that God's using to, to bless their lives. How does that work, Nathan? You know, <clears throat> you know, missionaries that go from America. And, and they've gone to countries. One of the weakest things is not training the, the local Christians right. there in discipleship. Uh, you and I were involved in that in Nicaragua with the local church. We were here. <clears throat> I would go, and, and most, more times than not, I'd try to train the pastors in sermon development and Bible teaching. Nathan would go and hopefully get these same pastors and, and you would teach them the small group, discipleship more. And, and that is a model. And, and I found that true with Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child with them doing what Randall said, focusing on that. That's very important, isn't it? It is. It's, uh, you know, for cross-cultural mission work, it's important for those that are going to another, another place, a different, a different place among a different people, um, to as much as possible stay in the background and um, – support what what God's already doing there uh, and and so there needs to be an an indigenous expression of the gospel um, through that through that local church uh, now there's there's mission work that's done I would say even in Ecuador in the Amazon region um, they're still finding lost quote unquote lost tribes tribal people that we didn't know existed you know five years ago all of a sudden here they are. They're small, so, but they're there, right? That's right. And so there still are people that um, there's no church existing, and, and, and you do have to go and, and share cross-culturally. But where that church does exist, the role then becomes to strengthen that and equip them to, for them to do the sharing, for them to do the caring, 
um, and, you know, training people how to do that kind of in the background. And so that's what you're talking about, Randall, and I think that's great. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sorry to take a little rabbit trail here, but I saw this with Samaritan's Purse more than 10 years ago when I visited uh, – uh, in Uganda, I visited a children's home, Good Shepherd's Fold, and they were they were proudly showing us two new duplexes, places for four families to live uh, uh, for children probably who would live there until they they aged out of of, of children's home and, and went on to uh, uh, work or a college. But uh, they showed us these new homes, and they said, "Well, Samaritan's Purse." had some people in Uganda, and they came by to visit, and they said, well, what are your greatest needs? And they said, we we just need more space. We need more homes because we have a lot of kids on waiting lists. Samaritan's Purse built them these two buildings for four, four families, and I kind of looked around, you know, for a little plaque or something on the wall or something saying Samaritan's Purse Cottage, and I didn't see it anywhere, so I asked. And uh, they said, oh, oh, they didn't want their name up. They didn't want any recognition. They just came and said, what's the need? And they met the need. And that's that's the integrity I see with everything that I know about Samaritan's You wonder Christ. why God's blessing them? <laughs> you I, know, don't, I don't wonder. <clears throat> well, isn't it D.O. Moody that said there's no telling what God could do with a man if the man didn't care who gets the credit? Yeah. And— uh, and I, I think Samaritan's Purse is an example of that, and uh, I've seen it. Tell us about your day there. I know you've you've gone into the distribution, but uh, you, were you in the same team? Uh, you divided up in the days you were there. You were always yes, with the same yes, team. There, yes, there were five small teams. Uh, we stayed at the same hotel, so we were able to uh, to get up and have worship and, and devotion and, and prayer together before we all five went out in five different directions. A local pastor, uh, Pastor Nestor, uh, is the first name, his first name is Nestor, and he traveled with our group the whole time, with our, our small team. So he was kind of our host, and he has become, he is a visionary, he's a church planter, he's a mentor to a lot of local pastors, and he just goes out into the this city of 140,000 people and uh, in the, the, the region and finds places to start new churches. I want to tell you about one of our visits because uh, we, we were told we had a lot of information. That's something else Samaritan's Purse does so well and just prepares you for what, what you're going to face. Um, we were told that, that it, we were going to a, a neighborhood where a church had been operating and had been shut down because of the community bosses, uh, not not anything legal, but the community leaders who were rooted in Indian and, and pagan religions, they said, no, you can't preach the gospel of Christ here. And they literally shut down a church. It sat there in disrepair for some time, and uh, Pastor Nestor discovered it and uh, got uh, got city permits to begin doing some renovation and build it up, and he was going to bring together some home groups uh, that he had had in that neighborhood and let them begin a church together there. And again, the community bosses found out about it and said, you can't do this. And he showed them his city permits, and then it dawned on him, well, I'll show them what we can do for his children in this community, and he took him a couple of the Christmas shoe boxes and says, "Look, 
with a church here, we'll have a distribution. Your children can receive these gifts. And it opened the door. So we were going to get to go to that community. And our team captain, Tim, said, now, uh, the SP, the Samaritan's Purse uh, security guys who came with, with the group, said they're going to travel with us today. And he said, also, we uh, uh, some of the U.S. Uh, drug enforcement agents are just been curious about what we do and uh, how we do it. So they asked to tag along. So we get to the church, and we they open a, a steel gate for us to walk inside to a little uh, out, outdoor courtyard in front of the church building. They close the steel gate, and I, I look up and see on top of the wall all the way around uh, the courtyard uh, the broken glass shards in yeah. the top. And uh, I kind of elbowed the guy next to me, and I said, I, I'm not sure those drug agents are just nosy. <laughs> I don't think they're just curious. I think they're here for our safety. Uh, we, did, we did not have any incident. Again, that's evidence to me of, of how well Samaritan's Purse uh, prepares and executes their, their, their vision and their mission. You ran a rabbit, chased a rabbit, let me chase one. Uh, you're, you've gone on many mission trips, and you've also gone to visit other countries, okay? Yes. Evaluate a little bit the difference, like, you know, Ecuador, South America, Latin America, mostly that area. I know you've been to Europe, uh, India, uh, yes, which is Asia, Uganda, which is Africa. You've touched a lot of continents, Randall, in your, in your life. Is there a common theme when you get together with believers? Is there a, uh, is 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 there a brother uh, brotherhood uh, the, a unity? Oh, ab- absolutely, Bert. Um, in in Africa in Uganda, one Sunday morning, we went to and just went in and spent a few minutes and came out of three different worship services in three different little villages close together, and had an opportunity to share in two or three sentences with the translator our our testimony. But there, there's just, I mean, when you're in the presence of the Lord and you, His Spirit is there, language is a barrier, but not a great barrier when, when the Spirit's spirit, in control. Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That, that happened in Ecuador. Uh, on Sunday morning, my team got to go to uh, one of the larger churches. It was the church that I mentioned to uh, Pastor Nestor. It was a church he pastors, one of the larger churches in the city. And during the worship, uh, they they would post the uh, the lyrics of the songs in both English and uh, Spanish. And then when the pastor preached, they always posted every scripture reference in, in both languages. But even if I hadn't had those English words up on the wall, I worshipped. I, I mean, and it was a language I didn't really understand, but I could worship because of the presence of the Spirit. The good thing, and we participate this in Operation Christmas Child as well, is the greatest journey. And yeah. uh, we at AFR, that's that's one of our big pushes, and we've made it. The journal does articles on it. It's an all-out effort for AFA and AFR to promote this follow-up. Nathan, you just speak to that. How important? Uh, yes, you present the gospel. Yes, there may be an initial response. Uh, 
and, and we have a hard time. Only God knows if the initial response was real or not. True. But through the greatest journey of discipleship, how, that's usually, I would say, fleshed out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, the, I, I believe that evangelism is a part of discipleship. You know, we're called to make disciples, not converts. And, you know, in an in initial gospel presentation, uh, however that, that comes to people, um, is important. There, there has to be, you know, you have to hear the gospel in order to believe it. Um, but once that happens, that's not the end. There, that's kind of the starting point for what, what they call it, the greatest journey. Um, it's, it's a journey of life. It's a journey of discipleship. And so there's got to be Bible study. There's got to be people, relationships, uh, modeling and showing someone how to pray and how to study the Bible and what God's Word says, how it applies to our life and how we live it out, and then how we go out and make disciples of others around us. And so um, it's, it's, it's completely, it's, it's totally important. It's not like an extra add-on. It's an essential it's part, part of with that in mind, Randall, and I know you got something to say. The you're just talking about the locals; they take care of the giving out the gifts. They also do the personalization of the greatest journey, don't they? Yes, yes. The greatest journey is a 12-week curriculum that uh, Operation Christmas Childs has de- uh, developed. Uh, the goal is that every child who gets a shoebox would also have opportunity to participate in this. They're not at that level yet, but this again goes back to the integrity of Samaritan's Purse. The Greatest Journey is available where a pastor has been trained and teachers have been trained uh, to, to, to teach that 12-week course. And the Sunday morning service that, that my team got to attend we got to attend the graduation of a hundred kids who had been through this twelve-week discipleship program. <laughs> that had to be and awesome. Bert, Nathan, we we got we got to stand behind. They came up front uh, by age groups, girls, and then the boys in that age group. We got to stand behind them, and we got to put uh, the little graduation cap on their heads, and, and and we had the privilege of handing them their new Bible. Uh, upon their graduation from The Greatest Journey. And they take that Bible home? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So at home, they've got possibly brothers and sisters and dads and moms. And at every event like that, there are parents. Whether it's in school or church, there's some parents coming to see their kids get gifts or graduate, which is just reaching out farther. The focus on the gospel is primary. It's center. Can't help but think about Ecuador. What a place to go. It's filled with missional history. Yes. Two of my heroes, really yes. five, yes. Right, two come. Nate Saint, Jim Elliott, gave their lives reaching an unreached people group. And, uh, Randall, that had to be something. Just, I mean, I, I would feel privileged to be in Ecuador. Oh, absolutely. It, it was an, an incredible blessing for me. Well, I'm glad you could take time to share that with us. Oh, thank you. And and you're going to be hearing about Operation Christmas Child, The Greatest Journey from here on AFR. I hope you remember this day and say, yes, I need to be a part of that. Nathan, it's very important to be involved in missions where you are. That's right, where you are and where, might, where God might send you. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. We pray that you would be blessed, and I pray that you would stay on mission for God, whether at home or abroad across the street, wherever it may be. Thank you again for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio.